0: Uh, Week number four, we have a few more weeks of this sermon series, The Good Fight. So we took a break last week, talked about Jesus and the resurrection. It was Easter. And uh, we're picking right back up. And here's been the point of it. Uh, If you're a believer, you are in a spiritual war for your life. If you're you're not a believer, uh, your life's probably not filled with too much tension. There's other things, but there's one influence in your life. But if you're a believer, the Bible is clear. There's a war going on for your life. There's a war for your will. Uh, there, 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 there's, there's a plan for your life, both from God and, and with Satan. And so I wanted to encourage you, let's not look kind of surface level. Let's start to have spiritual eyes to see that. Paul, Paul tells us, Ephesians 6, we're fighting in a war, but our enemy is not who you think it is. The enemy is, is Satan. Oftentimes, uh, he's working underneath the surface. What you're looking at is not really what, what the problem is. Your mom and dad, your co-worker, the driver, that's not the problem. There's a deeper problem going on in your life. And so I've been encouraging you through Ephesians 6. Well, we're in a spiritual war, so let's talk about the spiritual weapons uh, that we have. And so we started a few weeks ago. You remember, he's working his way through the, through the Roman's armor. He said the first one in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14, he says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. First piece of your armor, spiritual armor, is truth. The Bible says truth will set you free. Truth will guide you. Truth will keep you st- Keep you safe in a world that's losing their mind. Are, I, am I right with that? It is. It is. Like I, we're gonna confuse people so much they're not even gonna think they're real anymore, right? Like it's just that, that's why we're running towards the metaverse. I still don't understand it, but I get it because reality is so confusing. And so, so in a world like that, we need truth, right? And then the second, the second piece of armor, breastplate of righteousness. What is it? Jesus makes you righteous through His act on the cross. It gives you a new heart, but just because you have a new heart doesn't mean you'll live a changed life. You have to activate that. You have to live in agreement with that. You have to let some things go. You have to choose some things over your old way of life, and when you do that, you'll begin to become a, a brand new person. That's what it looks like. If you're not changing, you're not allowing God to do the work that he wants to do in your life, and so this is the breastplate to of righteousness. Today, we're going to talk about uh, the next part, and I love it. If you're a shoe person, you're going to love this. Any shoe people in here? One of you. Come on now. I absolutely love, love shoes. Like I just love, love shoes. Only shoe I don't like, Crocs. And so everything else, everything else, I love shoes, right? And so, and, and it's what he says. He says in Ephesians 6, verse number 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We'll give you your third piece of armor, it's a pair of shoes we call peace. And I think this is so important. And here's why. Because if there's one thing Satan wants to steal from the life of a believer, it's peace. You know how he does it? He has all sorts of ways. She writes about it in the book. She says he loves to stir up a little discord in your life. He, 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 he enjoys causing division. Anybody in this place, don't raise your hand. But in this place, and there's a relationship that's literally driving you crazy right now. They're not even here, but you want to punch them. I'm preaching right. It's hard for you to even think about church because you're so angry at what they did. You blamed your lack of sleep last night on your silly posturpedic. But it was really that relationship where you've, you've experienced a vision. And Satan is causing a lack of peace in your life. He, he loves to bring disruption. Anybody have a disruption this week? You're just minding your own business. You're just living your life and your washer blows up. Sign is about to take off. That's a bad day, especially when you're a typical male and you're waiting to the last moment to do your wash and your washer breaks and you have to go college style on a Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about? Flip them inside out, put them on, right? That didn't happen. I'm just joking. Just wanted to make sure you're with me. I went to my parents' house. <laughs> went to high school. He loves, he loves a good disturbance. He loves To steal your peace. He will constantly place pressure on the peace that you have. So Paul says, the peace that God brings to you are like the shoes that the Roman soldier wears. Let me explain this to you. So in that day and age, there was different types of shoes. You guys know this. You woke up today, you put a certain pair of shoes on. Some of you are going to play softball later on. You're not going to wear the same shoes. I'm not going to wear these white vans when I go play softball, right? It wouldn't, wouldn't fit the, the part. When I go home, some of you, when you go home, you have different shoes you wear in your house if you wear shoes. Romans Romans were the same way. The one type of shoes they used to wear for everyday life were called calces, And calces were, I'm going to put on my, my, my vans. I'm going to put on my, you know, my, my Nike blazers. I'm going to put on, if you're young, if you're... You know, old and trying to be young. You probably have blazers on today. I'm gonna put on. I'm gonna put on my. my, my, my what are the ones with the N on, on them that old dudes wear? You know what I'm talking about? You try to bring New Balance, right? I'll put on my New Balance, right, or whatever. And I'm just not not the not the running ones. You know, the white one, the dad ones. And so, you know what I'm talking about? Young mowing shoes is right. And so, some of you put on your penny loafers. You older people. You just you are just you don't know what penny loafers are. You're young, and so put on your penny loafers. And you just you just kind of living. You got, know, got no plane. You're not going to run nowhere. You're not making any effort. You're just, you're just living. You're expecting things to work out the right way. The next part of shoes is what they call house slippers. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody house slipper people here and here? You got your feet can't be cold, right? You're so soft. You have to have house. Those are called soleils. You put your, your house shoes on. In Roman culture, when you got to the place, it was dirty. You would take <laughs> off your outside shoes or your sandals. You would place on your house slippers. You think about your house. Oftentimes, that's a perfect picture of peace. Anybody else? You're like, that's peace. I put on my house slippers. I put on my sweatpants. Nobody else sees. I put on the t T-shirt I haven't washed for six weeks. I sit in front of the, 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 the TV. I put on a show. I get my bowl, my big bowl, and I dump my, my Lucky Charms in there, and I eat the marshmallows first, and I dump out the white crap nobody wants. And I just eat, and that's just peace. There's nobody in the house. I watch as many shows as I want. That is the perfect picture of peace. Anybody else have a picture of peace in your head? How many of you know that's not life, though? That's not the way life works. Life has a tendency of kicking you in the throat from time to time. Life has a tendency of bringing unexpected situations in your life. Satan loves this because it messes us all up. Oftentimes, it takes our mind away from spreading the word of God, and it causes us to feel like we're in a fetal position somewhere, afraid of facing life. And he says, so he says, it's not that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about the equipment that the soldiers wear. The name of their shoe was called a caliga. And a caliga was a, a mock sandal slash boot. It was before its time. It was actually, the reason it was designed the way it was is because Romans conquered the world by force and by moving forward. And when you're moving forward and you're conquering the world, you never know what you're walking into. Even in America, if you're in Pennsylvania, you know the terrain. You ever been to the Midwest? You're expecting to trip over mountains and hills. There's nothing there for miles. It's a completely different terrain. You get out west to the Rockies, it's a different terrain. And so because Romans conquered the world by moving forward, by, by moving on in, you know, unstable areas and lands, they dev- designed this boot slash sandal. It would come up the top of their leg and wrap up and you know, fit to their leg. And then the sandal at the bottom would have openings in it so that they didn't get what typical boots give you. If you put on new work boots, you ever get a pair of Blisters. So they would be missing bit material in those areas, and on the bottom of the sandal was a spike. Peace is not a house slipper, peace is not, peace is not, you know, my white vans. No, the picture of the peace that I want to bring you is the ability when life brings chaos into you, you stand still and then you move forward with some force. You have stability. You're you're not shaken. Jesus said this. He said, the peace that I want to give you in John chapter 14 is not like the peace the world gives. The peace that I give you is not like the peace that the world gives you. What's the peace the world gives you? Everything works out, and then I'm happy. Everything goes according to plan. Nothing breaks. No kids argue. They don't even talk. That's peace. They sit so far back in my minivan, I don't even see them. Peace. My wife, my husband does exactly what I want him to do. Perfect picture of peace. My work works out. Peace. Health, peace. I'm going to live till 85, 90 years old. That's my definition of peace. I'm never going to get sick. I'm never going to go to the hospital. Peace. He says, no, the peace I give you is different. See, oftentimes we're confused by, by, by our lack of peace. In fact, one king uh, one time decided he wanted to paint a picture of a representation of peace to display in his castle. So he got a bunch of famous artists, and he said, we're going to have a contest. Whoever paints the best picture, I'm going to you know, put an exhibit up in my castle and show everybody this picture of peace. So everybody painted a pretty consistent picture of peace, most, most, most painters. And one, one of them painted a picture most of us would consider peace. He painted a, you know, a picture of mountains. On top of the mountains was, was ice or snow, but it was, it was warm. You could tell by the sky. The sky had no clouds in it at all. It was perfect. There was water, a body of water by the the mountain, and the water was clear. It wasn't like Schuylkill River, Jersey water. It was, like, clear. You could see into it. You could fish in it. You could eat the fish and not die inside this water. Like, everything was peaceful. The birds were fluttering by. The conditions were perfect. The wind was minute. Like, everything was perfect. And most people walked by that painting and said, that is a picture of peace. But another artist had a different understanding of peace. He painted a similar situation, but the mountains were a little bit more ragged. They were a little more... Up and down, and cliffy, and, and 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 the body of water that was beneath the, up at the rocks wasn't so much a you know a simple still body of a, a, like a creek or a, a pond. It was more like an ocean. It was crashing violently on onto the the beach, and, and and above the sky was filled with clouds, and 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 you could see a storm was brewing, and you could feel the fierceness of the the, the wind because of the detail of the picture. And on the mountaintop, out of the rocks, the jagged rocks grew an old branch, and the branch had, a, had some leaves on it. And at the very end of the branch had a nest. It's nestled in the leaves. And in the nest, on the, the, leaf, you know, the branch, in the leaves, was a little bird just chilling. <laughs> he wasn't afraid. He wasn't overwhelmed. He was just chilling. And the king said, that's a picture of peace. In spite of everything you're facing. In fact, the Bible uses a word for peace that is different than most of us understand. In the Old Testament, it's shalom. In the New Testament, it's Irene. And it means the ability to be okay, the ability to to be stable, the, the ability to keep going, the ability to stand your ground in spite of the conditions that you're facing. And Satan absolutely hates this. He hates when a Christian gets to the place where they're like the little bird on the edge of that, of that tree in the bushes with the nest there. Everything's raging around you and the, the, the bird is going, I'm fine because I know the one who stills the sea and calms the waves. And, and I want that in my life. I want that peace that surpasses all understanding. If you're at church, you'll hear me often speak on this peace. And the reason is when I look at the world, what I notice is a lot of people outside the church have no peace. There's fear, there's anxiety, there's worry. So I constantly want to speak to that. What I'm confused by, though, is oftentimes in church, we know the one who gives peace and we act just like the world does. When the world's going through something and they should be able to come to you and go, how do you handle this? And you should be able to say, well, here's how I went through this. Here's how I faced this. Here's how I was all right. Because God is the God who gives undescribable peace in this situation. And he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Instead we're going, I don't know, I'm freaking out too. So I just feel like it's time. Listen, peace, you see it? Peace is the ability to stand. Satan attacks, you stand your ground. And then you you can almost see it. You stick in and then you move forward, right? In fact, there's a verse in scripture that I love in Romans 16. Paul says, He says, And the God of peace will soon do what? Will soon crush Satan under your feet. In other words, what he's saying is, you're gonna, you're gonna attack you, you're gonna stand still, and then we're gonna move forward, and we're gonna crush the devil's tactics with the peace of God in our lives. I wanna show you, I want to show you this in scripture, and I want to take you to a passage that would be a situation where there's anything but peace, right? Like Paul, when he writes in Ephesians, he he writes, you know, to a church. He writes a letter called Philippians to a different church. And in the the, the context of what he's writing, he's locked in prison, and he's in a situation where there feels like there's no peace. And here's what he says, and when I read this, you know, when you're in in Bible college, they teach you how to preach. And basically what you do is you get a passage, and then you kind of just pull your points from it. And sometimes that's, that's how my mind works, but very rarely ever. But if I was in Bible college, this would be graded an a sermon. And the reason it would be an a sermon is because there's one passage, and I'm going to exegete the heck out of this thing. That's a, that's a, that's a Bible college word. And I'm going to show you five things that I see in this, in this passage where I feel like Paul's doing exactly what we're saying, the peace of God. You're going to get stable, and then you're going to go back towards what Satan is doing with the truth of God. So watch this. Watch what it says, he, Philippians chapter 4. It says, Rejoice. In the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer or petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Watch what he says next. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. Let me show you five areas Satan often steals your peace and how you, 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 you step back, you crush them. Number one is this, steps of peace. Rejoicing crushes rejection. You see the very first thing he says? He says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And, and he, here's why I think this is so important. I think we live in a world where even Christians feel an extreme sense of rejection. I mean, it starts from when you're, when you're a kid. We, I'm, 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 I'm telling you the truth, right? I mean, we didn't have social media when I was a kid. Thank God. I, don't, I feel bad. Like I, my, I literally sometimes stay awake at night and worry about the world that my kids are going to grow up in. I worry about how hard it is for them to stand secure on the things of Christ. Meanwhile this being built into our kids, they need the approval of other people through likes and watches and all other crap that they do. Can't ever even turn off and be just just rest in who you are because you constantly got to make sure somebody sees it so that you feel approved, so that you feel okay. And it doesn't stop with teenagers. We all grow up in a world where we question if we're acceptable. Does anybody take us? Does anybody like, does does anybody enjoy, actually enjoy, like if I told somebody who I really was, even as a 42-year-old, if I told you what I really struggled with, if I told you what I think sometimes, sometimes I'm like, you don't want to know what I'm thinking right now, right? If I actually was who I actually am sometimes by myself when I'm in my failure, would you ever like me? And we deal heavily with the fear of being rejected and Satan does his best stripping of our peace when we're living a life where we're feeling like God doesn't love us God doesn't care about us God's not proud of us God's not into us God got us far from, from us some of you God is disgusted by you you're not good enough if you were good enough your dad wouldn't have left you if you were good enough you would have got picked for that dodgeball game in fifth grade and you didn't get picked if you were good enough you would have made this team if you were good enough you would have more followers on tiktok or instagram if you were good enough if you were approved enough and we live our life with rejection and satan pushes back in in that fear of rejection and here's what here's what what i think paul's doing he's saying listen the next time you feel rejected because he would have understood this you don't think why he was in prison because of his faith and the rest of the church was going on and living their life some people were mocking him for being in prison and he was awaiting to be beheaded, that in his own thoughts, he wasn't going, God, why don't you like me? I've done all these things for your kingdom. I've started all these churches, and you're going to let me rot in this prison and die. You don't think Satan took the opportunity to absolutely destroy his thought life in that season and tell him God's forgotten about you, God doesn't know you, God isn't aware of you, God doesn't care about you, God is done with you, God never used you in the first place, you're worthless. And what does he say to do? Did you see it? The next time that you begin to feel rejected and like God has forgotten you and your peace is being taken from you, he says stand in, in the rejection. And what does he say? Move forward with rejoicing. You know what rejoicing is? Rejoicing is a really cool word. Rejoicing is your decision to feel or show great joy or delight with something. Some of you, that's hard because you're from Pennsylvania. You just can't. Like, you're like sixes are up three to one. They're probably going to lose. Right? They probably can't be happy. It's just the way that we're wired. We're, we, I can't smile. The Bible says, real simply. This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. The next time you get in a situation where it feels like you're being rejected and you question what God is doing, instead, rejoice in who you are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? You're adopted into his family. You're a child of God. Before the foundations of the world, he molded you. He thought about you. He had a plan for you. The Bible says when you sleep, he never slumbers. His thoughts for you are like the number of sand on the she- seashore. He's into you. He picked you. In fact, I was trying to study this. I'm like, what's a verse for this? And I stumbled upon the words of Christ. I just loved it. I don't, I don't know why. It just resonated with me. I hope it resonates with you. But in John chapter 15, because I struggle with this as well, just like some of you, he says, he says this. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. I just, it just hit me. I guess I mistakenly carry the weight of, the, of the, the burden of the relationship with God. And Jesus says, don't forget, I chose you. You know how much your life changes when you realize you've been chosen? Just think practically. Anybody ever have a coach, and the coach came to you and said, I wanted you on my team? Like I remember fourth grade. Fourth grade, I I was on a baseball team, minor league, Boyertown baseball team, Red Sox. And I don't remember anything about sports. I don't remember any names of the coaches except for my coach in minor league. His name was Barry Flicker. I can remember his face, his name, everything and the reason I remember him is in fourth grade I didn't have a dad that was a coach I didn't grow up in a sports family I didn't know anything about Boyertown baseball and I had a guy from Boyertown that owned a business that coached the team and he told me he said we did a draft and I watched you play and I wanted you for some of you like big deal but for me in my fourth grade when I was I was like you wanted me and it was such an impactful moment in my life that I prayed that for my, for my sons. I prayed, you know, they, I can tell them they're good all they want, but they know I'm lying. <laughs> like, you're their parent. You think that, literally, you're like, this is a beautiful picture. It looks like crap, right? Like, what is this, right? Everything's spelled wrong. Good job, buddy. And so you're their parent. But when somebody who is not theirs chooses them, it changes everything. So Harris is playing his first year of baseball this year in Kimberton. And I, and I was like, man, I hope he gets a coach that, you know, like Barry Flicker would be so cool. And I saw his football coach was coaching baseball. And I just prayed, God, give him that. That would be awesome. He's never played before. He doesn't know anybody. This would be so good. And wouldn't you know, Pat picked him. Coach Pat from football. And the first practice, I walked in and he said, I saw Harris's name and I knew I had to have him. And I just... <laughs> it, man, you, know, you know, like it, when you know... When you know somebody wants I just need you to, listen, God wants you. You're handpicked. He loves you more than you can imagine. The next time that you start feeling feelings of rejection, which is Satan's attempt to steal the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, just rejoice in the truth and the fact that there's a God that loves you, that's never going to leave you, that sent his son to die for you, that's never going to give up on you, that is in your past, your present, and future, and he's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. Let me just give you a few more thoughts. Number two is this. Number two is this. Uh, you, we can clap when we're done because we got to go. I got four more. <laughs> gentleness. I told you I exegeted this thing, man. Gen- gentleness crushes grudges. Real quick, gentleness crushes grudges. Second area that he tries to steal your peace is relationships. Everybody take your hand. I did this a few years back, but just take your hand. Just, just, just make a fist. Just make a fist and just grip it the entire time that I'm talking. And don't, don't pretend do it. Squeeze it. Both camps, just squeeze it. Squeeze it hard. Come on, not too. If you don't do it, the Lord's not gonna speak to you anymore today. And so just do it. Right? Squeeze it. The longer you some of you, this is the most workout you have gotten. You're like, come on, I, I need some ibuprofen, right? But you'll notice the more you squeeze your, your hand, the worse that, that it gets, the worse the pain gets. The more it takes over your mind. You're thinking to yourself, this is the dumbest thing he's ever made us do in church. And the reason I ask you to do that is when you hold a grudge, it's the same effect. You, you've been hurt by somebody, and you hold on to it, and you grip it, and it's taking work, it's taking mental space, it's taking life from you. And Satan loves, you can let go of your hand now, Satan loves, oh, right? Satan loves, Satan loves to take your peace through relationships. He loves that you're angry at your parent for something. He loves that you're angry at a sibling. All of us. All of us have sibling problems. Every one of you. Most of us are the problem. We don't even know it. You ever notice? It's never you, it's always somebody else. We all have sibling problems. That's called family. We all have work problems, coworker problems, teacher problems, people that are out to get us problems and Satan loves in this season where he goes, you know what, I'm going to steal your peace relationally. So here's what you're going to do. The next time you're tempted to, hold, you know what I'm talking about, to nurse your wound, to hold your grudge, you're going to go, you know what, instead I'm going to display the gentleness of God in this situation. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to hold on to it. In fact, watch what Paul says in Romans 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Watch what he goes on to say. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone for evil. Be careful to do what is in the right in the eyes of everyone. If, it is impos- pos- if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace. Some of you're like, it's not, so I'm done with that, right? But watch what he says, do not take revenge, dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I'll, rep- I'll repay the Lord. So here's what, he said. here's what he says, you hold on to it, and you hold the burden of the lack of peace in your life. You let it go, and God will take care of it. And I'm just letting you know, my dad told me years ago, as a threat, to get me not to do the wrong thing. But it's always, he said, the truth always reveals itself. Might not happen tomorrow. Might not happen next week, but eventually the truth of what's going on in the situation comes out. When you hold it, it not only robs you of your peace, but it robs you of your joy and it keeps God from doing the work that He wants to do both in you and through you and on your behalf. So the next time that you're tempted to lose your peace with a grudge, you're going to stand your ground and you're going to display gentleness. Let me just give you three more. Lord, you can come play me out so I hurry. Number three is prayer and petition crushes problems here's another area problems anybody got any problems that they were unexpected this week I guarantee the very first thing you do with problems is you're like God another my again my washer just broke last year I know I got it off Facebook marketplace for 200 bucks not my fault oh God thought you would multiply the light and like all these things going on in my life and there's just these problems that arise these problems with situations satan loves to steal your piece of problems so did you see what he said did you see what he said he said without anxiety don't be anxious about anything somebody should highlight the heck out of that there's not one verse in the bible that says in that situation you should freak out <laughs> you get there the answer is anxiety just, just go, just go for it. Just play it out to the end. Worst case scenario, dead, right? Like it's just awful. Broken up, like all this stuff. No, the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious, watch, watch what he says. But in every situation by prayer and petition. So instead of saying, I'm about to lose my mind. I can't take much more of this. I don't even know what to do with you anymore. This is my line, I'll say, this is so annoying he doesn't say not to say that right this is so annoying instead of all that in every situation what does the Bible say by prayer and petition prayer prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do in every situation I'm gonna pray petition is communicating a need to God I'm going to go to the one who can heal it who can do something about it and i'm going to be exact with it god i need your wisdom god i need your help god i need your patience with these kids right now right like god i, I need this god can you supply this god can you speak here in this and then the bible says with thanksgiving and i love that because it's you saying i'm taking it to the person who can heal it and give him a high five and say you got it and do you see what he says i love this part He said, the peace of God, when you do that, it surpasses all understanding. And I was like, how how does that play out? Well, I I think what God is trying to tell us is everything Satan brings to you the best, when you involve prayer and petition, the peace of God, it's always one step ahead of the best Satan can do. You ever been around somebody like that? It makes you so mad. No matter what you do, they're just better. I remember in college, I was like, I'm going to dunk the basketball, right? And so I got these shoes. They had this big sole in the front, and they made you walk around like this. Some of you probably saw them. I got them. I think I got them in that East Bay or something like that magazine. And so where we used to have a look at shoes before there was Internet. And so... I used to walk, walk around like this on college campus and I would do stairs, I would run up and down the stairs and I was convinced, even though I was six foot, you know, six foot and, and, and white, I was gonna dunk. Like I, my genetics didn't matter, I was gonna dunk, I was gonna do it and I ran all the time and I practiced so hard and I remember thinking, okay, my second year of college basketball, I'm gonna fly like Mike, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna fly, like I'm gonna dunk and no matter what I did, it just never was good enough. In fact, there was guys on my team that they were taller, they were better, they had better genetics, they were just better. They didn't do all that stuff, and no matter how hard I worked, they, were just, they would just jump over me. they ever been dunked on? It's humiliating. And this is, this, is, this is what he's saying. No matter what comes into your life, when you pray and you petition God with thanksgiving, the peace of God will outlast anything that devil can bring in your life. It will outwit, it will outstrength, it will outthink the peace of God. Let me just show you two more real fast. Number four is this, focus crushes fear. Focus crushes fear, watch what he says. He says, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. Basically everything you look at online on your social media feed is not that. Right, because there ain't much truth. It ain't, there ain't much, who do you trust? There ain't much of that. So he says, listen, the next time you get in fear, what I want you to do is focus. I had somebody ask me last week, I was trying to think about this. We had fire on the stage. You guys remember that last week? I was dying because I knew it was coming and I prayed for God's mercy and sovereignty that he would sit people in the front row that I knew it would freak them out. Right, because I think you should have fun. So I I saw people. I'm like, this this is going to be awesome. I got my phone ready. I'm like this. And I watch them freak out like that. And and, and so we had fire in the thing. And so somebody at the end of service was like, hey, do you have like a fire evacuation plan? And I was like, for what? They're like, well, you have fire on the stage. I was like, yeah, if there's fire, we're going to run. Just run. And they're like, what about the kids? I know some of you about to send me an email. What about the kids? I'm like, just run. Everybody run. And they're like, nah, you know what happens if everybody runs, you know, people will die and get stampeded and all that stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, good point. And uh, I was like, we will next next year, right? And so, so we get a new kids wing, I'm gonna have a fire evacuation plan. But you remember doing the fire evacuation plan in school? You would walk out, single file line, get to the courtyard, don't talk because fire is scared of silence, right? <laughs> you remember that? And you walk back in. And, and I started thinking about it. The reason that you have a route like that is because when you're put under pressure, if you don't have the right focus problems happen so you should have a fire evacuation plan in your life this happens fear happens worry happens not only am I going to pray and petition but then I'm going to focus my mind because the battle's in my mind I'm going to focus my mind on what's right what's what's noble what's trustworthy I'm going to listen to the word of God and I'm going to evacuate I go three steps this way four steps this way once I'm to the courtyard I'm safe focus fixes fear and the the last one you'll see what what does he say he says number five obedience crushes obstacles watch what he says he says whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the god of peace will be with you and here's here's what i what what i noticed another way that satan steals your peace is by sitting back and enjoying your refusal to take on that obstacle that god has put in your life here's what i mean There's a God that wants you to trust him and have faith in him in a deep way. So sometimes he will allow things to come into your life that are impossible without him. In other words, if the life you're living is anything other than as a result of a God-sized miracle, you're not fully following God's plan for your life. Because he's going to lead you into situations that you go, I can't handle this. But you can and faith is your willingness to step around that obstacle without all the answers and keep going. You ever notice that when you get to something and you're afraid of it and you don't do it, that you lose all your peace? Like the Holy Spirit just won't, I don't want to say shut up because that's not okay, but he just won't stop talking to you. He won't stop, by, you try to go to sleep at night, you roll back and forth, Oh God, shut up, right, just let me alone. And he's like, no, you got to do this you got to have that conversation you got to confess that sin right i've been in times in my life where i haven't been 100 truthful with my wife and it was an obstacle that i didn't want to deal with right it was about buying something i was like she won't ever know i'll tell her it's old when she sees it (laughs) and i didn't have any peace and the peace was taking on the obstacle of having a conversation with my wife then telling me if i don't trust you here how can i trust you anywhere but until i had the conversation was lacking in my life and Satan loves it he loves when they put an obstacle and you refuse and so what does Paul say? Paul says what you've seen me teach what you heard me say what you watch me do do those things and the peace of God will be with you peace is everything in your life it's everything I'm going to not get pushed back I'm going to stand my ground and then like the Roman soldiers I'm going to move forward in my life God's with you He's not against you. He's given you the gift of peace. Use it and embrace it. Let's stand to our feet all over this house. Let's stand to our feet in Montgomeryville. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And I'm just going to pray two things. First, I'm going to pray for the peace of God in our lives. And then we're going to ask God to give us the peace of the gift of God. The peace of God or the peace with God is only found through Christ. So I can talk about peace, 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 but the only way you can have the peace of God that transcends or surpasses all understanding is to have the peace with God through Jesus Christ. And I love love the message of the gospel because the gospel doesn't say, here's the rules you follow to make peace with God. Here's how you pay for your past. Here's how you overcome your addictions. Here's how you get over the mistakes that you've made. Here's, here's a religious acts and religious steps that get you in right standing with God. The peace of God is found through Jesus Christ. And while you're still a sinner, you realize that Jesus Christ was dying on a cross for your sins, that he sacrificed his life in your place, that he was put in a tomb, On the third day, the Bible says that the tomb, the stone was rolled away and it was empty and Jesus had defeated both death and hell. And now it's through him that we receive peace with God, peace with your past, peace with your problems, peace with your mistakes, your addictions, your shame. You get the peace of God. You don't carry the weight of it. You're not expected to make it better. You're not expected to pay for it, for Jesus already did that 2,000 years ago. That's the peace of God. And when you get the peace of God, you get the peace that's the gift from God. The God that never leaves, that's always with you, that will walk with you through any situation, and never gives up on you, that will guide you, that will direct you. That will fully control your life if you allow him. That will make a way where there seems to be no way. Listen, he'll open up doors that you could never open. He'll close doors that you should have closed a long time ago. He'll lead you. You wake up and you know that I'm created, I'm called, I'm equipped, and I have purpose. That's peace. We got to start with God. I need peace with God. I don't know Christ I don't have a relationship with him he's not the Lord and Savior of my life but I want him to be right now the Bible says if you would call on his name you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord that he would come into your life that he would begin to do a good work the work that only he could do that he would heal that he would set free he's done everything your only job is to receive it like a gift so I want to pray with you I hate it for you that you have no peace I hate it for you that you're stressed I hate it for you that you feel broken I hate it for you that you feel rejected I hate it that Satan has convinced you that there's nothing good in you and there's nothing good for you and I want you to know Christ I want you to know his love I want you to receive his grace I want you to feel that mercy that we were singing about he's here would you let him in in montgomeryville would you let them in so if you're here right now and you say that's me young or old front to back been in church for years never been to church before i'm not living my life with christ i need the peace with god through jesus christ if that's you all over this place and you would say that's me i want to lead you in a prayer when you do one thing one step of faith a whole lot of courage Not worried about the person to your right or left? You would say, that's me. Would you just shoot your hand straight towards Jesus and say, that's me. I need Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I need him to come into my life. I see hand right here, hand right here, hand right here. Is there anybody else who would say, that's me? That's me. I need Jesus to come into my life. Another hand back here. Put your hands out. The, the, the reason I said young or old, with everybody's head bowed and everybody's eyes closed, is first, first services. You've never been to first service. You're not missing much. But first service, uh, there's one, one young man. He's been coming for a while. And I talked about being rejected. And I did an altar call. And I saw him look up at me with a little bit of tears in his eyes. This young boy just raised his hand and, and smiled at me. So when I say young or old, I believe the spirit of the living God is moving in teenagers And adults. He has a plan for you, if you're a young, young person. You're not rejected, you're created. Your identity can be in Christ. He loves you more than you can imagine. So maybe you didn't raise your hand that first time, but maybe you would say, that, that's me, I need to pray with you. So here's what we're gonna do. All we're gonna do is we're gonna talk to Jesus. Like you would talk to a friend. Nothing religious, nothing that has to be educated. You get to talk to Jesus. You're just going to tell him jesus i want you to be the lord of my life i need to have, make peace with you jesus would you heal me and make me whole something like that lord we love you and jesus we thank you for this day and we thank you for what you've done in this place today and jesus we just we just need you for those that raise their hand that they're recognizing listen i got no peace in my life i've made so many mistakes and my past is so riddled with shame there's so much anger from hurt in my life. Bitterness is deep inside of who I am. When you talk about feeling rejected, I feel wordless. I feel lost. I feel alone. But Jesus, I know you're real. And I know you're here. And I believed what the pastor said that you did, that you died for me, for my sins, that you were placed in a tomb, and on the third day you rose in power. And the Bible says if I would confess with my mouth and I would believe in my heart, That's your Lord. That's your God. That's your Savior. That you would come into my life and you would begin to heal me and make me whole. And so, Jesus, I give you all of me right now. Thank you, Lord, in advance for what you're about to do thank you lord that you're filling people all the way from the bottom of their feet to the top of their head with this peace with this joy with this hope with the love lord thank you for what you're doing in this place thank you for how you're moving thank you for how you're healing and thank you for how you're setting free and lord would you would you just fill every person in this room with that peace if we have anxiety this week we're gonna pray lord if we feel rejected we're gonna rejoice if we lose our We have fear, Lord, we're going to regain our focus on what is true. Lord, if there's something in our lives where we're running away from obedience, Father, we're going to step past that obstacle and we're going to say yes to you. And We're going to walk in perfect peace this week. Thank you in advance for all that you do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout amen with me one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message, or want to learn more about how you can join us in person visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you have a great rest of your day